everyone. Welcome to Pop Sports Shorts. It's me, Matt Sell, here with Jared again. How's it going, Jared? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I just got back from a trip to London where I got to see West Ham play, and I got to uh, actually watch a couple of games while I was there. So it was a pretty good time. We'll, uh, I'll save some, I'll cut out a few minutes because who doesn't love to hear stories about someone's trip? It's like everyone's favorite thing, right? Hey, and you know even what? I can better, live vicariously through you. Even better if I had like a slideshow that I could play for you guys for like 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah that just, yeah. But no, we'll save a little time, just especially since the trip was heavily sports related. I can uh, talk a little bit on that. But I think the first thing we're going to start out with today is kind of the news that just popped up. So actually, I was in London and I was sharing a room with somebody because we just decided to like cheap out on a hotel. Uh, Beds were about this far apart. I'm holding my hands about a foot apart. uh, And the person was a very loud snorer. So I didn't get too much sleep. Um, Don't know that I'll ever do that again, but I mean, did save me like $400, which isn't nothing. Um, Money I got to spend on food while I was there. Uh, But basically he's like a big Patriots guy and he must have forgotten to turn off his notifications or something like that before we fell asleep on the last night we were there. So we, we left Monday morning, right now we're recording. It's Tuesday. We left Monday morning and, um, Sunday night, you know, where we were five hours ahead, but daylight savings hit. So we became four hours ahead, but basically because we're ahead, his phone's just lighting up with all these group messages and it's just not stopping. Like, it's not vibrating, but I just keep seeing the light in the corner of the room. And I'm Which like, is all just right. as bad. Yeah, just as bad. But I was like, all right, I wonder if something's happened because this is weird. Like, that's a lot of messages. Like, it's either some crazy events happened back in the US, like something bad, or like a sports event has happened because I just know who I'm dealing with here. So I check my phone and actually the same things happened. Every group message I'm in about football's lit up and Tom Brady's coming back. And it's just. I fucking told you so. That man is the most, he presents himself fine, but he is not a well-adjusted human being. This is his life. This is his most important thing to him. And the moment he didn't have it, I thought it would take a year maybe, or he'd come back in like August, but it was like months of not having football. And he realized that he was going to be miserable and came back. So feel sorry for him. Cause when he does one day, when his body forces him to retire, uh, he's going to have to deal with that. I, I know we've discussed his quote-unquote immortality and the TB12 mentality and the Patriot way and all the other nonsense bullshit. Um, he's, what, 45? He'll yeah, something like that. He'll probably become 46 during the season. Um, I don't care how well you take care of yourself. 45 and 46-year-old men are not designed to take beatings from 300 pound grown men and not like wake up the next morning and realize I made a big, big mistake. And I really, I have a career year last year though. Okay. Yeah. But like, to me, that's, that's your time to walk away. Like if he was 35 and had a career year last year, I'd say, you know what? Absolutely. Don't hang it up. Come back like a couple of pieces, you know, maybe bring Antonio Brown back. I'm kidding. And go for that ring. But 
I mean, he's got the rings he's got. He's 45. Like, me personally, I feel like him coming back just took a large chunk of the people who respected him for walking and respected him for his career and just made them hate them the way I hate. Well, I hated LeBron when he pulled the whole um, taking my talents to South Beach bullshit. Like, uh, yeah, Tom, he's hanging it up. He's walking away. He's silhouetted in the in the door of the stadium as he walks out. And nope, just kidding. He's coming back. Like, fuck Jared, you. Jared, we have weeks of podcasts of you not loving Tom Brady. Um, so I don't know if this was going to change your perception of him. No, 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 no. We have, we have, an, audio, we have an audio trail. Yeah, no, there's there was nothing that was going to change my opinion. Um, but I feel like there was a lot of people whose opinions may have very likely have been negatively impacted by this song and dance. Like, don't go through all the motions of I need time for my family. And I figure now's a good time to walk away. No, no, I'm not going to. And and obviously we discussed it. Um, He spent what? six weeks home with the kids and he's like no fuck them kids i'm out one day of packing lunches yeah (laughs) you know what you know kills me is um it's just i i mean he's revealed himself to be an incredibly petty person which i I love it but because my favorite thing still is him doing his whole goodbye message where he doesn't mention the patriots once like he gets to like the university of michigan like assistant trainer thank like thanks down to that level without ever mentioning the Patriots it was so great. And now that I'm, I, like I said, at, you know, we worship athletes in society and, you know, they're incredible at what they do, but they're not better people than anybody. They're not smarter than anybody. I mean, probably for the most part to get to that point in life, you have to be pretty selfish to begin with. And maybe that's a blanket statement, but you have to be able to, and it's, I don't want to put selfish under the connotation either. Like that's a bad thing. Like people should take care of themselves. People should look out for themselves. Like you're the only one who's going to do that. It's just, you're probably not going to like put in the training, get to the point where you can become a professional athlete. If you're focusing on all the people in your life around you, because it's just all encompassing. Look, if this was his sole bread and butter and there was no, possible alternative avenue i would say okay i understand i mean what like what doesn't he have he has advertising campaigns he has the the tb12 gyms he Which has is, I'm, sh- I'm just gonna rant on tb12 for 30 seconds i'm gonna interrupt go for you. what what a fucking scam that is i mean the tb12 method is genetics I've said this many times. There are very few people on the planet who can train hard, train consistently and never get injured like he does. It's just, even if you're the smartest, even if you're so smart at training, you do everything right. You follow your body. You're still going to pick up injuries here and there that leave you out from time to time. And he's just, he, besides that one time when his knee got exploded because, you know, of a dirty hit. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, you don't do that without genetics. You don't do that because you're eating avocado ice cream. That's not how that works. Uh, everybody, even the smartest person at training, picks up injuries here and there that keep them out from time to time. And Brady hasn't. And that's kind of like his blessing. And he's playing, he's showing off those insane genetics too by playing to this point. Um, but I yeah. Feel like he's playing on 
borrowed time. I, I really do. Like, I, I hate to say that because I feel like that's bad karma in a way, but I, I feel like he's playing on borrowed time. I feel like he should have taken this opportunity to walk away, focus on his business, focus on his family. I get the common core math is difficult. So, you know, he probably went to help with homework once and, you know, one too many hits to the head that never got diagnosed because can't have Tom off the field. You got to have him in there. So I'm sure he said, nah, no, nah, I'm going back. Sorry. I can't do this. But I mean, hey, like I said, he's got so much income coming in. It's not like he needs the money. It's not like he's, you know, a third string quarterback on a, a basic contract. <sighs> Are we, are we really going to miss out or is he going to stand in the way of what could potentially be the next great quarterback walking in the door? Like we'll never know now because his arrogant self had to come back for another year. He's, he's pulling the Brett Favre version too. And it's, I hated it when Brett did it too. So well, at least Brett with Brett, it was worse because it was the, he would like leak it out to the media and then take forever to make his decision. Um, but it is funny that uh, one of the funnier, there were some good tweets out there, but one of them was Tom Brady legit got to see, he basically got to have his funeral. He got to see who his friends were, who would come, who would make speeches, who would say stuff and then, you know, go back on it. So. Uh, I, I, I just, I hate it. I mean, yeah, Brett Favre, Brett Favre would leak his story like he would leak his dick pics. But, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't help that one. Um, I, I just – I'm done with him. I'm done with his shenanigans. Um, <laughs> this one I, – I did like this one. Tom Brady's kids. Daddy isn't watching Encanto better than watching – or getting pummeled into the turf by Aaron Donald. Tom Brady. Breaking Tom Brady is announcing he's coming back for his 23rd season. So, I mean, they're not wrong, but <sighs> dick. Like, like I said, it's just, this is the only thing in his life. I, I, not to get all, because I'm not a psychologist. I must preface this by saying, but to me, this is, I've always thought this was the one thing in his life that made him happy. And when he didn't have it anymore, he was going to be a miserable person. And I'm sure that's what happened. I'm sure he came home for a little bit and the family was just like, enough. Let's go, go back, back to how work. things were. Like I could see him being like a, a GM or some sort of front office person. Just yeah. not, I don't think him being on the field is a good idea. Uh, I mean, from a statistics standpoint, he's still got a lot in the tank. And I think that's probably going to continue because he even was doing it without a lot of his primary weapons in Tampa Bay towards the end of the year. So it's not like he was, it's not like he was just being propped up by players around him. He was good. He was legitimately really good last year. And if Tampa Bay hadn't had so many injuries, they would have been a potential to repeat. So I don't know. It's interesting because it is, he's still got a lot left in the tank, I think. So I could see him playing at a high level for another two years. Well, we, I would be remiss if we didn't also throw in some free agency news because yes. Uh, just scrolling through the ones dated, well, I'm starting at 10.38 p.m. on March 14th, 
just because I'm biased, but starting from there and then scrolling through everything that happened today on the 15th, um, it's been a little busy this week. Yeah, it's been a good one. So we've got, we've got a couple. So actually probably the team that's winning free agency right now. And, uh, you know, I'm very much on record saying that winning free agency, because I've seen it happen so many times with the jets isn't always important, but, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have made a lot of signings. Uh, they have, let's see, just a few to name. If you check out their draft tracker, the list is long. They've got uh, Brandon Scherf coming in. Uh, who else? They've got a bunch. It's pretty crazy how many people Jackson, how well Jacksonville's done right now. Yeah, Char- Christian Kirk, they gave a crazy contract to. Brandon Scherf, um, Evan Ingram, a few guys. Uh, yeah, so Jacksonville's been killing it. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the New York Jets, though. New York Jets, I think, have had a pretty good free agency period. So they started out, they signed uh, Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers. He's a guard. He's really good. Um, very excited for that. Three years, $40 million, so pretty big deal. But at the same time, guard was one of the worst positions on the Jets last year, uh, right guard specifically. So it's time. The Jets actually... If so, this hinges. If Miki Becton is can get anywhere back to the year, level he was his rookie year, the Jets actually have a very good offensive line. Not like a fake good offensive line, but they have a pretty good one because you've got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard, who was a really good rookie, uh, Connor McGovern at center, who's fine, and then Tomlinson at right guard, and uh, George Fant at right tackle. Who George Fant's been a shock. That's one of been one of Joe Douglas's better signings. I mean, he's been terrific for the Jets. He hung in at left tackle all year. I still think I wouldn't hate it if the Jets took a tackle in the first round with one of their picks, though, just because I just don't think you can go into the regular season counting on Miki Becton. He seems like he's had problems with his weight, his knees. He just strikes me like he might, he was kind of a high risk, uh, high ceiling, low floor type guy. And I think we're seeing more of that low floor than we are high ceiling. So I, I think Joe Douglas, the Jets general manager, would be remiss if he goes into the season counting on Miki Becton to be there. But as we stand, if Miki Becton is there and you know starts to live up to his potential, Jets have a top offensive line right now. Um, maybe bring in a center too. I don't know. They also signed a tight end, CJ Uzma, from the Bengals. So that's a nice signing. Tight end was one of... Rookie quarterbacks generally depend on tight ends for a lot of their production. And Zach Wilson had some of the worst tight ends in the league. So the fact that he was able to, you know, have some decent games without having a safety blanket, basically in a tight end that could catch passes over the middle was pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see how he can do with a good one. I still think they'll draft one in the second or third round as well, because they need more than just lose. Maybe, maybe he'll be less of a bust this year. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to your correct um, opinion. I, I, I have no opinion. I mean, the, the Jets really have not had the greatest of track records lately. Um, so that's I mean, why they're tearing it down. I mean, it's bad right now because they tore it all down so that they could, you know, have a lot of picks last year and a lot of picks this year. And they did well in their draft last year. They've got like five starters out of that draft. And if Zach Wilson's good, they've got, that's going to be a legendary draft class basically. So have another one. And the, yeah. 
The difference was between this and previous drafts. So Joe Douglas's first draft, I mean, he was drafting for Adam Gase in a way. And so, you know, you're not getting much credit there. What happened apparently was the Jets coaching staff went to the scouting department and every day they would do like presentations on skill sets that were important for the system, skill sets that they could live without, like, you know, if there was a weakness in certain, what weaknesses they could live with and what, but what like strengths and players they needed. So the scouts got to really know, like the coaches were able to do that. They were able to break that specific, those specific details down. Like, Hey, he does this. Well, this is important to our system. If they don't do this well, it's not that important to our system. And then the scouts went out, looked for those traits and that's what they drafted around. So apparently it was like a very big, uh, and you would think that would happen at more franchises, but I guess it's not a common thing. A lot of times the scouting and the coaching sort of operate independently of each other. So that's a big part of it. Um, Jets also have, uh, they signed DJ Reed uh, and Jordan Whitehead. So that's going to help their secondary a lot. And it'll hopefully put to bed all the people saying they should draft Kyle Hamilton at number four overall. Cause that is stupid. I hope they don't do that. Dan's not here oh. to defend uh, Notre Dame superstar, but I think we've already had enough of uh, generational Notre Dame superstars and their fake girlfriends. I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. <laughs> Nothing like that would ever come out of Notre Dame lies. Um, I can't, can we maybe, I'm going to just run through a, a complete lightning round, if that's okay. That sure. I don't want to take up too much of your vacation story time. I need um, five minutes. For, I, well, it's West Ham. It's West, <laughs> that's going to fold into West Ham anyway, which will be, you know, I'm sure you'll be super in depth with that too. Of course. So this is literally just starting at the AFC East and it's running straight down. I'm just going to nail the, uh, the big names top to bottom. Okay. Um, so Mitch Morse signed a two-year deal with Buffalo. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, in case anybody was worried about where Teddy Bridgewater would land with the other signing I'll get to, uh, he did land a one-year deal with the Dolphins. Uh, nobody else to report there. It's just a lot of re-signings. Um, Brian Hoyer did re-sign with the Patriots. I know you were very worried about that. Um, but, yeah, the Patriots really didn't do much. You did, You touched on the Jets. Um, Patriots lost J.C. Jackson. He's signing with the Chargers. Did see that. Uh, Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns in a trade uh, yeah, in exchange for a 22 fifth-round draft pick which, wow, Amari Cooper for a fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, Anywho. I mean, those trades come down to Dallas. Dallas needed to get rid of him for cap purposes, and they probably That's asked true. him where he wanted to go. Because everybody, those are those trades where everybody looks and they're like, why couldn't my team do that? And it's generally because the player looked at the offer. The team, everybody was on the same page as to what needed to happen. Player and yep. player and the team looked at all the offers, and they, he said, send me there, and they sent him there. So uh, Mitchell Trubisky to the Steelers. Do you think he'll be the, the starter there or do you I think, think he'll be competing for the job actually, to be honest with you? I think they're, they're due for a uh, tear down as well. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think they have much going on there. Defense um, isn't bad. Yeah. But you know, you actually need something. Uh, Evan ain't well, you were, you already kind of covered the Jags. Um, AFC West, the AFC West is going to be an even more fun division this year. Yes, I'm biased. That's okay. 
Uh, no, but you're Russell, right. In this case, you're right because it's stacked. Russell Wilson to the uh, to the Denver Broncos. Um, Chiefs. Yeah, let's talk. On, let's talk on that for a few minutes, actually, instead. Because fuck the rest of free agency. Russell Wilson, wow. man. <laughs> so well, free agency uh, is just like it's usually just like second tier players make it to free agency anyway. But yeah, and and I'm um, they they sent uh, a fourth round pick two first round picks, two second rounders, a fifth rounder. Oh, QB drew lock. Now we know who's going to start in Seattle. Uh, tight end, Noah Fant, defensive tackle, Shelby Harris. And that trade will be official on tomorrow. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what they send, uh, what they sent. Seattle got hosed. Uh, it, it's just, you're giving you up. So? A, yeah, you're giving up. A, you're giving up one of the top quarterbacks in the game. It's so hard to find a quarterback. Yeah, why don't? If I were the Seahawks, maybe now they can just go draft another franchise-altering quarterback in the third round. Like, what are you thinking? You got. Yeah. You got one of the top guys in the game, and you got him in the third round. Uh, it's just the luck there is astounding. And so here's the other thing. All right, think about it from this perspective: the Seahawks traded two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. They basically traded a little more than that, like 50% more in value. They're, they basically got pretty much the way I'm summing this up is because I'm astounded. I, I still am speechless over it. The Seahawks value Russell Wilson as 1.5 Jamal Adams is mm. a franchise quarterback. And you're valuing him maybe just a little bit more than a safety who can't cover and can only blitz. It's just absolute insanity. I mean, I, I just don't even know if like, yes, sure. Russell Wilson could suddenly be bad. Russell Wilson could get injured. All these things could happen, but Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback. And that's not just something that grows on trees. You can't just like snap your fingers and find another one of those. So there really isn't any sort of fair value you could get. If, if Russell Wilson, the head coach and the GM aren't getting along and aren't on the same page, you fire the head coach and the GM before you get rid of Russell Wilson, because Correct. those are much, it's much easier to get a decent head coach and a decent GM than it is to get a top five quarterback. It's just, and if Dan were here, Dan would, Dan disagrees with me on this, but I, I think Dan's viewing it too much as like a computer modeling simulation and not so much as like, this is a really rare thing to find is a quarterback like Russell Wilson, because that's just in, in the way the game works now, that's the most important thing you could have. And I, I think, I think Seattle, like it, it was one thing, for example, when the chiefs sent Smith packing, they had a prime replacement ready to go in Mahomes. Yeah. This is totally they, different than that. Seattle doesn't have that. Like there was no, okay, as good as Wilson is, we have uh, like, no, there was, I mean, this was a breakdown in the relationship in Seattle is what we're finding out. And hmm. again, if I am the owner of that team and I caught, I catch wind of this, I'm firing the coach in the GM and I'm telling Russell Wilson, you come help me pick a coach and you come help me pick a GM yeah. because Who do you want, yeah, because you're, we have a few more, we have probably five more years of you left at a high level. And, you know, after that, we can go worry about other things. But like to, to, uh, when you have a quarterback who's, he got a, he got a freak finger injury. 
he was having a good season up until then. He got a freak finger injury. Like, I'm, my mind is blown. Seattle's stupid. I thought they were stupid when they paid that much for Jamal Adams, and I think they're even dumber now. That, that uh, yeah, that that's going to come back to bite them. But I, I don't know. I don't know that they were going to be competing for the, the division title over there. But, I mean, who knows? Well, now they're definitely not. Yeah, they're definitely um, not. I mean, you can have a you have a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson. You can kind of put band aids on a lot of the other stuff. And I mean, they haven't even done a good job of that. Their defense is terrible. Pete Carroll's supposed to be known for that sort of thing, and their defense is like the 29th ranked defense. So, Hopeful. yeah. So it's not like they're doing Russell Wilson any favors. I mean, he's having to win shootouts all the time. That's what's going to happen, and not, you know. Mahomes is the only quarterback, and you'll love hearing this. Mahomes is the only quarterback that I've seen in my life who I feel like can go out and win a shootout every week. It's because your defense is so bad too. But even like other great quarterbacks aren't going to win if your defense is giving up like thirty-five points every week. Well, and yeah, there was a couple of the games that they lost this past season where. It's just it was just insurmountable, and then you know receivers not catching passes. But we already went through that. But, I did want to hit on normal the way Mahomes no. has been through the first few years of his career, where he can go, just go out and with like a thirtieth ranked defense win fourteen games. Like that's just not that's like otherworldly. So right. it's bound and to take he was bound to take a step back from being otherworldly at some point. And I just hope that he bounces right back into it this year. Um, <laughs> I did want to touch on very, very hot news. Carson Wentz coming back to the NFC East. Uh, should the rest of the East be on notice? Because Carson yeah. Wentz is now acquired by the Washington. I'm not saying it because they should have stayed the football team. Man, but, he's run himself out of town in one year in Indy. Like he's worn yeah. out his welcome in one season. It just goes to show you that Philly did actually make the right choice. With mm-hmm. everything, because it sounds like he's a prick and it's a very only, selfish one. The only good thing that maybe he and Brady could hang out. It's probably the only uh, good thing that Philadelphia has done. Well, you um, can't be a prick and suck. That's the problem. If you're going to well, be a prick, you have to be good. This is true. This well, maybe Brady could teach him something. Yeah. Um, speaking of being a prick and being good, Aaron Rodgers signs an extension for 150.815 like why the 0.815 150.815 million dollars over the next 3 years with 101 guaranteed uh, okay like yeah okay i i guess i guess they reconciled their relationship and they worked it out money solves a lot of problems well yeah that's um but also and- the issue here, Rodgers is kind of the asshole in this situation. I mean, they've built a good defense. They've, because his issue before was, I have to do everything. You know, the defense sucks. Uh, there's no running game. I have to do everything. And so I want to leave. And then in this short period of time, they've built a really good defense. They built a team with a really good defense and, you know, a running game that can take over. And it it's, I mean, hopefully he probably also had a moment of self-reflection and realized that, that it's not just like the Aaron Rodgers show. And he didn't want it to be the Aaron Rodgers show. And it's not, I mean, he secretly wants it to be the Aaron Rodgers show, but not on the field, just in every other factor. Oh, 
I think maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he got humbled a little bit, and I, I honestly think that's what he needed. I think the money um, was the main yeah. factor. Well, it, yeah. I think we're going 80-20, money 80%, 20% the other 20%, stuff you're saying. 20% humbled. Yeah. Um, the, the only one that scares me as a Chiefs fan, not scares me, concerns me as a Chiefs fan, uh, the Chiefs did pick up a three-year – $31 million deal on Justin Reed from the Texans. Uh, that concerns me that he's being brought in to replace one Tyron Matthew. Um, oh, yeah, he's going to come to the New York Jets. Uh, that would piss me off so much. <laughs> I love I love the honey badger, and I would hate to see him in green and white. But um, I know that they're working on his deal. But if they can't come to terms, which them signing a safety from another team and the Texans of all places, because that's that was one of his stops along the way was Houston. Yeah, <sighs> I, I don't I don't know. I. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I need to do a little more research before the draft, see who's looking at what. Um, you guys might be in a good spot to take uh, Kyle Hamilton if he falls that far. There's plenty of highlights of him at Notre Dame uh, covering a lot of ground on poorly thrown balls that hung up in the air for a really effing long time that everybody then points to. And they're like, hey, he's generational. Generational. Give me a break. And he's a, I feel, he's a safety. I, f- I feel like there's a little bit of animosity towards Notre Dame. Maybe I'm wrong on this. but No, I just get annoyed when Notre Dame play. So, yeah, actually. I just get annoyed when Notre Dame players get overhyped and then they always end up not being very good. And it's happening again with Hamilton. They're overhyping him. And then all these, there's this whole contingent of Jets fans who are so annoying. They're like, he's generational. We have to draft him. He's the best player. And it's like, I just don't, I'm not seeing that. A, uh, I don't think he's, I, I think he's fine. I don't think he's generational. I don't think he's worth the number four pick. Uh, and he's a safety. So if you draft him, you're paying almost you're probably you're paying him what 10 12 million dollars if you draft him for the first per year because you're drafting him that high so suddenly you're paying him like 70 percent of what you could pay a safety on the free the top safety on the free agent market so that's why you don't draft a safety that high it's just economics at that point because you just draft a running back (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you draft a running back at two overall and I love oh, this is the point where Dan would shout us both down to defend that decision, even though it's been like was bad at the time and has also been historically proven to be awful. But, you know, those Giants just, fans, man, I like to poke the bear just, you know, like my punishment. He's going to call in away right to, now. Right. The, my punishment for going to get the kids off the bus was all this shit talking about the Chiefs defense. His punishment for not being here is not being able to defend. Anyway ad nauseum on that one i just um, uh i just sent out a message in our signal group chat just mentioning that we're shitting on saquon barkley right now so let's see what happens there um so rumor <laughs> has it rumor has it you took uh you took a little bit of a trip oh you did mention that but yeah um did, did you by chance do anything sports related while you were gone oh yeah thank you so i want to talk a little bit about uh premier league in west ham but last little bow on the nfl Um, I think the jets are going to have a tough time in uh, the AFC is just so stacked. Like 
we're hoping the Jets are going to kind of turn the corner this year. And then I looked at their schedule and they basically have every top QB in the AFC on their schedule. So it's going to be kind of a brutal year, uh, but we'll see what happens. NFC, uh, you could make an argument at this point that Jared Goff is a top five quarterback in the NFC. It's so light Jesus over there. So that's the bow I'll put on. Any final thoughts there? Um, I, I really didn't anticipate ever hearing that phrase ever again. Jared Goff, top five quarterback. Is it top tier quarterback in his division yeah. or conference. It uh, is light over there. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, no. Um, no, I, I have I have no thoughts yet. I'm still still processing a lot. Um, good God, yeah. Um, Jets are gonna have a fun fun year. It's um, not who? gonna be. <laughs> they no. need to. No, it's that's not. why they signed a cornerback and a safety today, and they actually. I, I would take some more help. They're, they need a pass rusher in the draft and we'll see what happens, but we're going to do a draft preview too. So we'll have you back on for that as well. What is, what is your, uh, cross the fence? Is it NFC North that you guys had this year? I actually don't know. I just was looking at the AFC quarterbacks they had to face. Um, uh. so yeah, but yeah. Um, so let's talk. If you're good to hang out, you can just, uh, jump in sure. if you want to say anything, but, want to talk a little uh, premier league right now and premier just so i went over uh, i had a trip planned to london um i went on thursday basically did like a red eye wednesday into thursday and then just came back on monday even the guy at the at customs was like why the fuck were you there for so little time why would you go to london for four days and like commented on that like i think he was trying to get me to say i was bringing drugs over or something like that but uh it was just very aggressive but anyway yeah so we took a red eye we stayed up 48 hours. Um, I took my buddies to this place, the Carpenter's Arm, which is Arms, which is a bar pretty close to where the London, the London Stadium is. It was awesome. It was packed with West Ham fans. It was kind of like a little shithole too. And the beers were super cheap. The best part, um, you know, it's a great sports place to watch when they've got a giant projector that they bought in like the early 2000s. And it's projecting like a 16-9 broadcast in 4-3 which is what was happening. Oh, so everything was really Jesus. thin, but it was also taking up the whole wall. Everybody in the place was singing. It was really fun. So they enjoyed that. Um, they both got a little, they both were not super into soccer. So they got a little preview of what West Ham fans are like from there. Um, West Ham lost that game, one nothing to Sevilla on Thursday, which sunk because it was actually a really exciting game, a lot of back and forth, but just not a lot of goals, but a lot of good chances but that's the first leg of the Europa League knockout rounds right now which West Ham are in and so the second leg will be at home at the London Stadium on Thursday so that's exciting they're only down one nothing which isn't terrible so you score one goal at home and you're right back in it but we got to go to the Premier League which is a different competition on Sunday West Ham played Aston Villa and it had one of those cool transcending the sport moments so what happened was it was a pretty boring first half. Actually, I felt bad because I'm trying to get these guys into soccer and the other team West Ham were playing Aston Villa were d- almost disgraceful. They were faking in anytime West Ham had like a good run of play. Somebody on Aston Villa would go down and fake an injury to try to like break up the game. And then the trainers would come on the field. The first half had like seven minutes of extra time at the end of it, which is pretty unheard of. Usually it's like one, two minutes, but so many like fake injuries for Aston Villa that uh and it kind of broke up the flow of the game so 
In the second half, West Ham striker, uh, Mikel Antonio, got hurt and had to come off, which stinks for us because he's our only striker on the roster right now. But they brought on Andre Yarmolenko, who, you know, if you watch the Euros at all this summer or any, if you ever watch any of the international tournaments, he's a, he's one of Ukraine's top players. And obviously with everything happening in Ukraine right now, it's uh, pretty crazy. So Yarmolenko has been kind of a disappointment with West Ham. Like he had one big goal a few years ago that saved us from relegation. So that's like his shining moment, but this was really cool. So with everything that's happening in the world, it's bigger than football. And, you know, a few weeks ago, Yarmolenko was getting booed by West Ham fans. Saturday, he came in as a substitute. The entire stadium, including the section of Aston Villa fans, all gave him a long standing ovation when he subbed on, which was awesome. Beautiful. And it was a beautiful moment. And he's had a tough time. He had to get his family out of the Ukraine. He actually had like one of the other West Ham players, Lucas Fabianski, is from Poland. And they were working to get like, Fabianski was apparently helping him to get his family to Poland, which is crazy. And, you know, West Ham gave him some like, like just some time off because he just couldn't, you know, his family's still in the Ukraine. He's trying to get them out and can't be focusing on football then. But yeah, so cool moment. Like, and by the way, Jared, the way they do it with these stadiums is they reserve like 10,000 seats for the visiting fans. So the visiting fans can all sit together. So it's actually really cool because they sing and then the other teams, the everybody else sings and it's a fun atmosphere. But you don't usually see a moment where somebody comes on and both sets of fans are applauding them. So that was really cool. He got a long applause. But then guy hasn't scored a goal in like two years, um, gets a ball in the box and just makes this unbelievably controlled play and does like a playground toe poke into the corner and scores the first goal of the game. So absolute like everybody in the stadium had goosebumps i'm sure even the aston villa fans did but guy you know famous ukrainian player comes on and scores a goal that ends up putting west ham in the lead and just like absolute goosebumps everyone was cheering he broke he was like crying it was one of those cool moments that really transcends the sport i mean i and i'm just i'm glad i got to be there for it it's it's been covered pretty heavily too on the news and everything like that but it's just wow that was cool like I've never experienced a vibe like that in a stadium before. So I'm really glad I got to be there and see that. That's definitely, I mean, that's the one thing that I've seen kind of across sports is the, the overwhelming support and sort of, I just support is the best way to explain it for the Ukrainian players and, you know, Ukrainian teams and all that. Like it, it really has, it's been very good to watch. It's like yeah. the one, one positive coming out of the whole thing. And it's kind of crazy. It was a week, you know, three weeks, uh, maybe a month or two ago, he got booed off at a game because he, and he's, because he's been poor for us, but like at the same time, um, it, uh, with everything that happened in the world, it's like, it's, it's good that, you know, it's good that West Ham fans and everybody in football can recognize that like, Hey, what this guy's been through that's way bigger than the support and it's also good that he could forgive west ham fans for booing him for <laughs> several weeks but um yeah i mean he seems like a really good guy and it was cool because all the players ran over to him and hugged him and even though he doesn't get a lot of playing time even though it's kind of been rumored he wants to leave all these things like everybody he seems like a really great guy on trading because everybody came over and hugged him uh and then at the end of the game lucas fabianski who's our goalkeeper the one who like is from Poland and helped his family get to Poland, like 
ran the length of the pitch to go give him a hug. So that was cool to see. Um, he kind of broke down crying in his interview too. So yeah, that's kind of my like bigger than sport moment. The game was awesome itself. Uh, West Ham boring first half, like I said, but West Ham scored two goals in the second half. And then they gave up one late to make it a little tense at the end, but, uh, it all worked out. They won two, one got to sing forever blowing bubbles three total times. Cause you get to sing it at the beginning of the game at halftime. And then if they win, they play it one more time and all the fans sing. That's our, Sorry, uh, the song is called what now I'm forever blowing bubbles. It's actually a standard. So, hmm. you know, Dan would understand what a standard is. Cause he went to music school with me, but uh, yeah, West Ham fans sing it. They sing like a version. I played it on the pod once and I will play it very quickly for you guys. I don't like to have too much dry space, but here's how it goes. song vibe yeah it's so there's two songs that everybody in like the world like if you ever got into it there's kind of two songs that are just like considered bangers in football like fan songs that's one and then uh you'll never walk alone which is the one that liverpool fans sing that's the other one those are the two like absolute bangers and then everything else is kind of like tears below that Mm -hmm. so the first you know it was really cool too going to the london stadium for the first time and hearing sixty thousand people sing that I will say uh, at their old ground, I, you know, I also was lucky enough. I got to go to the Bowling Ground, which was their old stadium, much smaller, um, but like, it's like a proper old school, like football stadium and hearing bubbles at Bowling was louder than the London stadium, but getting to go to the London stadium was a nice stadium, gets a lot of heat. Uh, we were sitting pretty high up and I thought the views were great. So I don't know what people are talking about when they say you can't see the pitch. I think they're just talking shit. But uh, yeah, never happens. good, good experience. One of the funniest things we saw, though, in London, totally unrelated to football. And this is the last I'll say of my trip. Uh, the road rage in that city was hilarious. So we saw one incident where a guy just stops in the middle of the road and gets out of his car and starts screaming at the guy in the car behind him. And he's like, why are you hassling me, man? Why are you hassling me? And the guy's like, you're driving like a fucking idiot, mate. And they just start screaming at each other. And the guy's like, get out. The guy outside starts telling the other guy to get out of the car. And as he's saying that, his car, which is stopped in front, starts rolling slowly down the road. And he goes, Away. He goes mate, your car's going. You might want to focus on it. You might want to go get your car, mate. Go get your car. And it, started, it was so funny. I wish I'd filmed it. It was like perfect the way it all played out. And it was it was so quick. I didn't have time to get my phone out, but it was just so funny the way he's like, why are you hassling me? Why are you hassling me? And then he's like, mate, your car, you got to get your car. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, I love that's like something straight out of like a, a America's funniest home videos or something like that. It was, that's great. My buddy and I were both saying the biggest regret of our trip right now is that we can't just go on our phones and see a video of that. It has to only live in our memories because it was so good. Um, I love a good road rage incident, but yeah, overall good trip. We'll keep it to the sports. I won't bore you with anything else. Cause this isn't a show where we come on and talk about our trips, but, uh, suffice it to say, I recommend a trip to London. 
if you can get Premier League tickets, it's absolutely worth your time. Even if you don't have a team you like, even if you don't get a Premier League tickets, get tickets to the next tier down the championship because the quality is still great and fans there love their football. So yeah, that's my trip. Um, good times. Uh, only thing I'll say about London is flight out's fine because you're in the jet stream. So it's, you know, pushing you along. It's a shorter flight. The trip back kind of sucks because you're just like going into the wind and you can actually hear it a lot of the time and the trip's pretty bumpy. It's, we flew a, I don't know if you guys are plane geeks like I am, but we flew a 787 Dreamliner to get out there, which was just like unbelievable experience. Like that I've always wanted to fly on one of those. It's one of those planes that does like long haul international flights type things. And the way it's built, it's kind of a game changer for commercial airplane lines in general. So we flew that on the way out there, which was like the unnecessary trip to have it for. And then on the way back, we had the 777, like the, not shitty, but just the regular kind of like international plane that average takes all the, takes all the turbulence, doesn't have much foot room, all of that. Um, The 787 had this, so it didn't have the windows. You didn't pull down a shade. They just tinted. And they were also like, bigger than normal windows on a plane so it's really cool plus it's pressurized to six thousand feet whereas a plane's normally pressurized to eight thousand feet so you're less tired when you get off too because Hmm. of that sorry if you guys aren't playing geeks well this isn't a playing geek show but uh Uh, you just have to deal with it for a day Um, yeah at first i was trying to think the the dreamliner that wasn't the one that had the autopilot issues was it no but it came out at the same time so that uh, is okay. you know a big part of it so they released those two at the same time and yeah that other one the boeing one it's i mean it's actually a really shameful story for boeing because they've kind of covered up their own computer glitch and tried to blame it on yeah. pilot error so that yeah. one that one is so you know how you go on a flight if you go like across the country you'll have just you know three seats on each aisle but if you take an Mm -hmm. international flight it's got that middle section of seats yep the one that had the autopilot issues was their like domestic type plane the one that has you know the three on each side whereas the dream the dreamliner is like the long haul international one where it's you know it was actually nice the space on it was awesome too because it was three three at the three at each window and then three in the middle, whereas normally an international flight is four in the middle and it's just always like super cramped. Like you can't walk down the aisles unless you're sideways. So it was a cool experience always, to fly one. I would have enjoyed flying it on the way back because the way back is longer and bumpier when you go to England than the way there. And the Dreamliner has this like autopilot feature that anticipates the turbulence. It sort of changes the, does slight changes in uh, elevation to accommodate for that. I was one I, out. I was enjoying the flight. I was going to say, <laughs> I could tell. I could tell you didn't enjoy any part of it at all. Uh, I always, always wanted to fly on a seven forty seven, which I know that, like, progressively your odds are getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer as they retire them. Unless I wanted to go fly for UPS or something like that. But dude, same um, here. Always wanted to fly on one. Never got, never got to. And you're right. No, they're starting to. You know, yeah, I think it's still faster, but I just, I think most airlines are it, buying 787s or whatever air transfer yeah, that is. They're, uh, whatchamacallit, they're like decommissioning them there. I think they're less efficient because they're older. And yeah, yeah. it's, it was on my list, but sadly. 
Hopefully um, you can get a hopefully you can get on a 787. They're made out of a like a super light material too. So they're like 25% less carbon emission than oh, okay. a normal plane. And I guess that material doesn't rust. Oh, you know what? They did have they did have one issue when they first came out. Um because they use like lithium batteries instead of some, and I guess some of the lithium batteries caught fire, but the ones that had happened to, they were like on the runway when it happened. So oh, it wasn't a big fun. deal. And then they recalled them and fixed whatever problem was causing that. So they did have an issue. It just didn't cause two crashes like the other one did. Well, I mean, in case anybody needed a reason to not want to fly, you know, <laughs> It's, no, it's so hard. No, but I'm with you because flying is, it's when you think about it, it's scary and it's bumpy because turbulence is always going to happen on flights because turbulence, it's like potholes in the sky. I know it's a cliche thing, but it's basically, you know, it's true. The, the turbulence is by design because if you made wings that didn't move, they would break off in flight. Right. So they're flexible. And then the flexibility of the wings shaking has to be absorbed somewhere, which is, you know, the fuselage yeah where we all sit so that's just but flying is still scary and the idea of like you know being over the ocean in in like the middle of the night is always a little creepy um yeah but i just think to myself if i have no control over the situation and if something happens it'll be over very quickly i i i do still want to do it um because i i London is not, not that it's not on my list. It's not as high up, um, but I do, I do want to visit Ireland. I would love to go to Italy. So eventually I'm going to have to suck it up. And if I go that route, then clearly I would have to partake in some of this fake football you speak of. Well, if you go to Ireland, it's only an hour further to get to England and you can actually get like ferries or cheap flights from Ireland too. So it's pretty easy to get from Ireland to England. We're going, my wife and I are bringing the kids. This was my like selfish trip. This was planned pre-pandemic. And then now it's like, I basically just had to ditch my wife for a weekend because our airline credits expired at the end of the month. So, but uh, basically we're going to take the kids to Ireland next year. And then I'm going to try to find a way to see if I can at least, my daughter really loves West Ham now too. So I'm going to try to see if I can get her at least to over with me for a game but yeah it's it was a fun trip um if you take anything away from this episode jets are gonna be fine and 787 was, dreamliner great great that plane. Was very convincing <laughs> by the way the jets will be fine everything's fine everybody's it's fine it's all fine last thing that happened and i texted i don't know if i texted dan so he'll just hear about it here so we were watching, uh, they had six nations rugby on while we were there and dirt. And it was, they had a game, England, Ireland, and the bars were all packed. It was crazy. It was a lot of fun. Everybody was getting really into it. So we went to a bar to watch. Um, and they also had, uh, Tottenham versus Manchester United on and Manchester United won three, two. And so everybody, every, the thing you learn when you go to England is here in the U S Spurs are like this cool hipster team, but over in England, everybody fucking hates Spurs and everybody hates like Spurs fans. It's like a common thing. And you'll just talk about it. So when Spurs lost the entire bar erupted into a song that just goes Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. And then it was just 
everybody in the bar was singing it. And yeah, that was cool. It was just like a very organic rendition of Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. So that's a little Easter egg at the end of the episode for Dan. We'll see if he listens, but uh, yeah, good times. Well, it's on my list. You should do it. All right. Well, um, I think that about wraps us up for today. Uh, Thanks to Jared for coming on and talking some football and listening to me talk about some of the other football and my trip and uh, you know, catch Jared on the smoke and Jays on the fourth wall pop network and catch some other great shows too. Jared, uh, what are some of the great shows though? Cause it seems like we've got some new ones. Um, well, we do. I mean, we have some, we have some of the old favorites along with pop sports shorts. There's pop culture collective, uh, new normal wrestling. And then obviously the smoke and Jays um, we have crossroads that is now, switched it up from wrestling to lifestyles. Um, but we now have the sky guy show coming soon. Um, so anyone who is even remotely a star Wars fan, uh, you're not going to want to miss the sky guy show. Um, it's an old familiar face coming back with some new content. Um, and then there's going to be a lot of network specials. I don't know, maybe some bond, um, maybe some well we'll yeah. get on that we'll get on the bond one at some point we yeah we missed it we missed our chance that was well, i think all of our beds yeah it, it was a very busy period so um plenty of really good stuff coming um it, in the vein of sports um my topic for the next episode of the smoke and jays that i threw out was the adults are actually the problem so i like the theme um, anyway yeah i think it's 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 going to stretch beyond just sports but you know you'll have to tune into that one i think especially you know not to get political but uh i think you might enjoy that one so (laughs) yeah well you know where i stand politically so i'll take Mm -hmm. your word there um cool all right well thank you jared for coming on and uh take care everyone have a good one 